yo, 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 yo. Damn, I do. I had to. I deleted my computer, my uh, phone. Last message did that come through from this from my number, or was it a separate thread? It was a separate one. It came from yeah. It came from your uh, from your email. Okay, I gotta figure this out. But um, yeah, dude, I uh, my thing's all fucked up. I updated my iOS. Yeah. Another iOS. And then I couldn't send pictures on my on my iMessage, so I deleted everything. <laughs> and now it's like my brother's saying he's like, you know, why'd you start a new thread? So then I went to my old thread, and all my history's gone. Oh. Black, you know, I got a lot of blackmail on you guys. <laughs> like I get that shit back. Who's this Zoom user? Yeah, that's Avante. Yeah, that's me. Oh. Are you out walking again? I'm, I'm out walking, so yeah, my video is off and I'm just walking. Yeah, no, that's good. That's how good. Many, you know, how many miles though? Ain't no damn way, <laughs> but well, I'm like, uh, I gotta be 50 something plus now. Hey, no, he, he's killing two birds with one stone. He, he's doing the he's doing the podcast and he's getting his walk in. I love it. That's what you have to do when you're a father. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's bath night, right? Bath. <laughs> That's, that was Ben. Ben had bath night tonight. Well, Wait, I tonight. had bath night tonight too. I oh did. shit! Dual bath What's night. Bath night? <laughs> what is it? Like that? Like you? Don't, don't do the kids not bathe every night? No. No. Tell us. Hey, give although, me. although although uh, my girls are getting to the point where. Um, they're active enough. They're starting to like stink so, under their pits and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. Probably need to uptick it. So wait, can you can you explain to two single old ass men <laughs> what bath night is and why kids don't bathe every single day? Yeah. Well, it's pretty much, you know, when they're children, when they're toddlers, yeah. they don't they don't work up a sweat like adults. And when they're in diapers, um, yeah. you use wipes. To clean them yeah. off. Uh, Some oh, toilet dude, tissue. Like Shit, bro. I use wipes too. I use moisty wipes too. <laughs> Do you? I only well, use that on special occasions. Nah, man. It, well, so if I'm about to take a shower, then like in the morning because that's when i usually do the number two is I, so yeah. hopefully it's in the morning and i don't use uh my moist wipes at that point because i'm about to go take a shower but if it's like in the middle of the day or something like that you know you don't want swamp butt nothing like that so <laughs> moisty wipes moisty wipes are the best way to go moisty wipes are probably one of the greatest inventions known to man moisty wipes they're an advertiser too on the podcast so that's a good yes segue. yes uh endorsed by moisty wipes moisty wipes get your ass get your ass cleaned up but ooh, ooh. well actually this is this is a good uh good segue to a question that we had on the thread several years ago so garcia are you a are you a yeah. sitting wiper or a standing wiper Oh Jesus fuck? Christ! No, I'm not. I'm not like a cat. Okay, I stand up like a goddamn adult. That's what I said. But these fools, yeah. these these fools sit down. Oh, gee, you do get better reach down, you know. How? But, <laughs> but it's like you got like a you got more. You know, you're open basically, right? No, no just, I do. I use like a whole roll though. Damn. No, I don't remember us yeah. having this conversation. By the way. Yeah, we did. I, I asked you guys on the text message. You remember yeah, Monster, I, right? That's what I sound like women wipe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, bro. Like women wipe sitting down. Men, I, I'm like, how you that how if you have you a even... fucking vagina? If you got a vagina, <laughs> yes. If you, <laughs> ass, 
you sit your ass down and wipe all up in that asshole before you stand up. Nah, man, cause how, cause my, like, you can't get all into the cheek if you down there. Like, you got to stand up and kind of spread it with your other so, hand. So Marcus, so Marcus, Marcus, when you're standing what? up, you use one hand to, to spread the cheek and then wipe or what? I mean, ain't no damn way, for one. <laughs> we experts, we experts now. Dude, you've been doing this for 40 years. You know how to do it without two hands. No, so like, I'll yeah. Tell you so what, you... though, I've seen Nayib work the uh, inside the toilet once. That was some crazy <laughs> shit. Marcus, <laughs> remember that shit. You don't tell more on that story, but holy God. <laughs> that was a fucking insane. Do you, do you guys have uh, um, little uh, stools, the little potty stools, whatever? Well, but they. Like no, day, no, no, right? Squatty potty. Squatty oh, potty, yeah. You guys, you yeah, guys have one they, of those? to keep your legs up? No, no, I don't got that. I don't got that. But I heard that they were really good. They're, they are. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. Wait, to keep your legs up? Yeah, because, you know, because like, the, the way that your body's supposed to be to, to, to get the shit out of your intestines properly, they made these, like, little stepping stools that you put your feet on when you're on the toilet. And it puts oh, you in the perfect man. position to where it, it gets the, you know, gets the shit out of your intestines and stuff like that. Like, like human beings were made to squat all the squat. way down and yeah. shit in the wild, not shit on a on a chair. <laughs> so the the squatty potty is the squatty potty is supposed to simulate, you know, you know, shitting in the wild. Yeah, it's like a stepping stool. Like you put yeah. it right next to the to the toilet in front of it, and then you put your feet up on that thing, and then your your knees are elevated above your stomach area. Yeah, and it and opens it, up like your intestines, like yeah. your ah. whatever. But, a disclaimer: a disclaimer. If you do have one, it is not a stepping stool. So do not try to step on it. <laughs> <laughs> what you do? Try the hard way about there? No, no, no. But Haley has one, and on the very on the the middle of it, it says, "This is not Haley, a stool." Don't poop. <laughs> yes, she does, <laughs> bro. Actually, that's a funny story because she went to. I was in the bathroom. One Let's time. not talk about this. No, hold on. It's not. A bad, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, I was in the bathroom getting ready at their house one time, and I think the other bathroom was occupied. And then she just comes in while I'm in there. I was like, wait, 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 hold, 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 hold up. I'm in here. She's like, oh, don't worry. I come in, I use the bathroom with an Avante when Avante's there all the time. And you were basically Avante, so it's okay. Da, 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 da. I was like, uh, I was like, nah, nah, this ain't cool. Get out. Uh, nah. So yeah, that, that's that's my Haley using the bathroom story. I think it was just number one, but still, man. I was like, uh, what the fuck? What you doing? We're working on the on the girls like well I am to like every single time to try to bust in when I'm out using her, like the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like yeah. girls can the thing is our our master bathroom right now like yeah. if you if you run into it like like bum rush it you can yeah. open it locked yeah. or not <laughs> and, then and they, 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 they yeah. figured out yeah so I, I so <laughs> i'm pretty much telling them all the time hey daddy needs privacy or like you know <laughs> i'm showering and he'd like to bump barge into the, you know and we are our, our shower has one of those clear glass yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got, got a full frontal <laughs> yeah so so i gotta i gotta turn turn you know 180 degrees the other way and be like, hey, daddy needs his privacy. Okay. Bye, daddy. Well, they gonna be at school, be like talking about that shit. And they're like, That's are gonna come to your house. Man, kids scare me, dude. Kids scare the shit out of me because I'm like, I'm gonna talk to kids because they don't have no reason, right? For eating too much. They have no fucking reason, right? 
I don't trust kids, dude. I'll tell you what, whenever I'm walking down the street, I should you not, like in foreign countries, when I see a young group of kids, I go on the other side, like I walk the other way, I stop, I light a cigarette. Uh, dude, I can't have these are they, Is it because they're black kids? It's because they're black, yeah, they're black. No, it's not because they're <laughs> black, it's because they're fucking, they're, they're, they're set to come. I got accosted in Egypt once by a group of kids and they started yelling, shoot it, shoot, shoot it, shoot it, shoot. And I was, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked right now. There's like 15 of them and they're like surrounding me. And I, you know how you do it? I did. I was like, me too? No, you, you are too, you are too. <laughs> and then they were just like so discombobulated. And I was like, that guy, he's Jewish. Okay, I'm out. Bye. Like, you that's like in, uh, that's like in, what's it? On my Twitter. <laughs> Wait, what, what's that movie? Um, Damn, where they, where they, they're getting hunted. Uh, uh, hostile. Oh, like yeah. Hostile with the yeah, kids. Yeah. The kids from Hostel, like when they killed, like they were like a little gang, a little kid gang. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah. And the worse, the older they are, the worse, man, because it's like mob mentality. Yeah. No, I, no, I know the black thing too, like the walk on the other side of the street, black. <laughs> that's, Mark that. like, Mark, you, that's Mark Cuban. That's Mark Cuban. Yeah, you name the country, man. I'm scared of kids. Even in the US, I don't like to see kids. <laughs> that's funny. I'd actually argue white kids are probably the worst because they feel like they're like, Untouchable, you know. Entitled, yeah. Like, like old yeah, like boy, Bobby. like old boy who murdered those people during the uh, during the protests, and he he gets to go out and be at bars and shit. He's not even twenty one. You see the dude oh, that was uh, oh, oh Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Rittenhouse, yeah. You see the capital one, the capital lady. She's like, I have a trip to Mexico planned. Oh, like, they guess for that, and they let her go, They're and like, they let her go. Oh, they didn't no, let her go. Did they? they didn't let her go. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought that's why I, I thought they just asked her. Oh, I thought they. I thought the she, headline that I, I saw she asked. Okay, okay, okay. The oh, headline shit. that I saw I said they, they let her I, go. I saw that she had asked. They showed the video of her. She was like, "Yeah, we kicked down Pelosi's door. Like, we'll come back. We'll do it again." That was literally like on tape. Okay. And then the next thing was like her in the petition asking the judge because she had a trip planned to Mexico <laughs> if she would leave the country. Just think, just, like, man, the audacity, the cuckacity, man, the cuckacity. That's right. I'm not telling you, that's like a like white teenager walking down the street when I'm walking, you know, by myself, and like I'm like they're gonna fucking kill me. Oh my and god! Get away with it. Ooh, they see a brown, they'll get away with it. You know? All right, let's get started. That was that was an amazing open, boys. We went through a lot of good shit right there, pun intended. All right, this is off the top. Welcome back to uh, I think this is episode four, season two. Uh, we got the political wolves tonight, minus Nayib Ramos, but we have Rick Garcia here. We have Ben Izuga and Avante Agers, and I'm your host, Marcus Allen Johnson, and we're about to get right in it. Rick Garcia. Take a sip of that red cup that you use every single time. I think you wash that shit out and then you put it back on the table and use it again. <laughs> yeah, there's no wash in there. Baby. There's no wash. Just, I'm carbon neutral. The same red solo that cup is every a, time. That is a single man, if I'm ever saying <laughs> Garcia, Rick Garcia, there was a stock market frenzy last week. GME and Diamond Strong Hands, my man. What the fuck uh -huh. happened? What happened? What happened? Paper hands, paper hands, baby, paper hands. <laughs> paper hands, for sure. Yeah, so, uh, so a couple of things happened, right? So 
so basically what's happening are there are stocks that like aren't great companies. And so a lot of people go and short sell them. So essentially to short sell your borrowing shares and then you're selling shares that you don't own. And so what happens is when that stock goes up, you don't own those shares. So you need to cover your position. And the way you do that is you buy shares to cover the ones you've loaned out that you sold. Okay. Right? So there was such a short interest in this uh, in GameStop and a few others, but mainly in GameStop, people started to realize that. And they're like, look, if we all buy, that drives the price higher. Everybody that's short is going to try to cover their shares, which requires them to buy. And so it's just this like, you know, this uh, stack on effect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had the market craziness for, it was actually, you know what, I think it started kind of on fr- Thursday, Friday, the week before, really peaked on Wednesday of last week. So oh wait, so this, so it, it, this, it didn't start last week. It started the week before last. Week before, okay. it, yeah, it, it was, yeah. So on, uh, I think GameStop was like 36 on, on Thursday and like 80 on Friday. And before okay. that, it was like 18. So it like, so it was at 80. I remember when I was on fr- Friday at 80, I was like, that doesn't make much sense. Oh, I should have fucking <laughs> bought it into the pot, right? Shit just fucking skyrocketed. And then they changed the rules. What? Changed oh, the rules yeah. What happened morning. there? What happened there? So, so there's, okay, so kind of two, two ways. So, so basically, a lot of brokers quit allowing us to trade it because um, they were saying that the amount of capital that they would have to put up to back those trades was more capital than they essentially have. They didn't say it as such, but that's actually what happened. Yeah. So what happens is, so basically like I go on Robinhood, I buy a stock. It takes two or three days for that stock to clear. So before my money gets to, to the clearinghouse or whatever, there's like this, this brief period in between. And so the, so Robinhood just processes trades. So their clearinghouse was like, we need more capital for you to put up for every trade. And they didn't have the capital to cover it. Mm-hmm. And so they said, basically, no more trading on these stocks. There was so much energy that morning. Like, oh, my, I can't even like, it hurts to think about what might have happened. Because that just so, took. So, so this was just so because we, we discussed this. Now, is it your opinion? Is it, is it your, your thought that it, this is just was just purely a capitalization issue for Robinhood? Or do you think there were other nefarious things going on where, where Robinhood, because one of the hedge funds is run by a company who has stock in Robinhood. So the prevailing theme, like everybody's saying, the conspiracy theories that are out there saying that um, the cap, the, the hedge fund ordered Robinhood to stop the trading on those on that particular stock so they would not lose money. Do you feel like there's any truth to that? Not, not especially. So I think here's what happened. So it's Citadel and there's two wings of Citadel. There's yes. like the clearinghouse wing and then there's the hedge fund wing. Technically, like they are supposed to be separate, but even if they aren't, here's what's happening, right? Is for Citadel. So Citadel is essentially Robinhood's customer. We're the user, we're the product. Citadel is mm-hmm. a customer. So Citadel mm-hmm. is the one that's paying Robinhood. So Robinhood has to listen to their customers to an extent, right? But what happened was Citadel said, we can't take all this risk. Like we're not going to assume all the risk. Um, for all these GameStop shares going up to 500,000, whatever they would have ended up at. So they said, hey, Robinhood, we're not going to float you the same amount of money anymore mm. for those assets. You have to put up now like 3x the, the amount that you did previously. Okay. Robinhood's like, well, we don't have that money. So the only thing Robinhood could do is stop trading. So did Citadel potentially say, look, we can stop the trading on this by increasing the, the requirements? Absolutely. Yeah. But do I blame Robinhood for that? 
I mean, no. yes and no, right? No, but like, why were you in that position to begin with? Like you stopped us from trading. Yeah. Like what's your service worth if we can't trade on it? You're a stockbroker. So yeah, so essentially, so Robin, so a Citadel could have saw their bottom line be like, yo, if we keep getting hit on this shit, we're gonna be fucked. And, but then they used a different lever, um, a procedural lever to stop the trading. They didn't go to Robin Hood and put a gun to their head and say, you have to stop. And Robin Hood was like, okay, yeah, let's do that to help the, the big man instead of the little ones, little man. Um, they used a procedural lever to get Robin Hood to stop, essentially. Exactly. And, okay. And exactly. Whether or not they were being nefarious, like that's debatable because other yeah. clearinghouses did the same mm-hmm. that, that didn't have any investment or other wing that were investing in, 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 in GameStop. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was happening, and this was the kind of the contagion that I think the broader market was worried about on Thursday and Friday of last week, was that when you cover short positions, you have to cover it somehow, right? You have to find money to buy that stock somehow, and you have different capital requirements and everything else. But they, what was happening, or what the thought was, was that all these other hedge funds that were short were having to sell other assets like Amazon and Apple and you know Baba and Salesforce and all those other companies, Disney, all those companies in order to then get cash so that they could cover their shorts um, mm. on GameStop. So that was, a, that was a concern was that the contagion would like strip into the broader market mm. and potentially lead to a market crash. It ended up uh, not happening because they stopped it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, do I, was everything on the up and up? Absolutely no. not. No way. Was this a like retail trader versus hedge fund fight? Maybe for a day, maybe two days. But like hedge funds made a lot of money on this. For sure. It was a couple of hedge funds got killed, but a lot of hedge funds got fucking banked. Silver yeah. Lake, by the way, bought or sold, bought, you know, sold their losing investment in Amazon for a 25% profit in a day. Like <laughs> and, who went to that, right? Like Yeah. And major hedge funds like BlackRock, those all those companies made money because because there was a lot of different hedge funds that were shorting stocks. And then after the the, the buying spree went through, a lot of these hedge funds and other um, savvy traders got on on it, savvy traders that have money saw what was going on. They got on the train and they started buying yeah. as well. And then some others started uh, selling like the the thing that um that we need to realize as well, you're you're more you're I would say you're more um, intermediate level trader, right? Um, I would I would be a novice trader. Were you what? Pretty minor. I'm pretty small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm saying intermediate, as in like I would be a novice trader. Like I w- mm-hmm. I'm the guy that heard that this shit was going on, so I was like, oh shit, let me get up on it. Um, right. But I'm more measured in my decisions and the things that I and the, the decisions that I make. Right. So I didn't get in ultimately, which saved me because I would have got in at 300. That shit's down like to oh. 80 or something like that. I know oh. I would have yeah. been fucked. <laughs> I would have been fucked. Um, but the savvy traders know exactly what's going on with this mar- with the market. Um, they know how to manipulate these things. They know the trends and stuff like that. So all these people were jumping in here and a lot of people made a ton of money. A lot of savvy people made a ton of money. Um, and, and the little guys that were, you know, the proletariat, the people that are trying to get in there and, and use their, you know, lunch money and their rent money to make some money. Those, those are the people that are going to lose out. Those people are going to lose money for sure. So, because here's the thing, right? Mark is like, when you're buying, you're just buying, like I'm buying and I need it to go up for it to go up. Mm-hmm. What sophisticated traders are doing is they're hedging. So they're basically buying it like they're doing straddles and things to where if it goes up to this price, they make 
you know, $500,000, but if it were to go down, they would only lose $50,000. So like they're taking on risk, but they're managing their risk with their gain. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the way we were doing it, the way I do it too, is just buy it and pray that it goes up. Yeah. (laughs) But there's also investments, by the way, there's ways to do it so that all you're doing is betting that it goes up or down big, but you're just basically saying it's not going to stay where it is right now. Right. So like there's so many different ways to play it with different instruments. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean like every, like a lot of my friends, right. Like a lot of people just threw money in because one, it was fun, right. It was a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. Like for a couple of days, all we're talking about. And then two is there is a chance, like even now it's a hundred dollars a share or whatever, like it could go to 180, 200. Maybe yeah. But that's not, money. but see the way that I look at it, 180 yeah. uh, at, at this point, like it's, I'm not going to have enough money to put money in there to make a, a big dent in my wallet, right? So I don't see the the sense in investing in the stock at this point because I'm not going to be making $100,000 or a million dollars off this this stock because I don't have the money to do that. But totally. yeah, another person that has that, like a more savvy investor that's got a bankroll, they could probably put it in there. And if it doubles, then they're going to make a ton of money. And those are the people that always win on the market. Like we don't ever win on the market. So like Bomani was saying the other day, like this was uh, people were putting it as a battle between the rich and the poor. Now, I mean, really, it's just the rich and the rich. Like those are the only ones that are going to be benefiting from this. Uh, Us, we we aren't usually going to benefit from this. It's not we don't have we don't really have a we're we don't have a like a the tools to be able to compete in this arena. And that's the sad thing. Yeah, the money, too. Right. Like. Yeah, that's what I mean. That the yeah. tool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it was it's but it was, you know, it was fun. And I think a lot of people learn a lot about the market and realize like, hey, this is easy. It's not easy to make money, but it's like easy to trade. Yeah. And like what I hope is that the more retail we call us retail traders, like people like us that trade versus institutions, but the more retail traders that get in the more sort of democratized this whole process gets. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the participation, but I'm, I'm concerned what, what's gonna happen with Robinhood. Well, so actually I was gonna ask you, so how do you think this could change the market uh, for the short term and the long term? Yeah, so major on the short term is, I think it's gonna prevent um, uh, hedge funds or institutions from shorting as much as they do. Mm-hmm. The information's public. Uh, you don't know which one- Where do you find it at? Where do you find that information? Uh, they're like research, uh, research companies that put that out. They put it out every night. Okay. It's always different too. Like it's hard to fit. That, that's the first problem, right? There's no regulation. Like, so GameStop was 150, 140 to 150%, depending on the number um, that you hear, shorted. So in other words, more, more shares were lent out short than shares existed. Like how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, how, does that, how is that even legal? Right, exactly, right? Like this is like, and that's why when I kind of love the squeeze, because I was just like, fuck these, like, that, this isn't okay. No. And by the way, all the people, a lot of the people that were short, the and, you know, the first couple of days, like that were that was hedge funds getting hit. They obviously correct after a day or two, risk miles build and all that. But anyway, so I think there'll be a lot less shorting um, going forward. I also think that, you know, the markets are always kind of being dictated by these big players and like the metrics that you look at, like price to earnings ratio, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're seeing now, and you certainly see it with like Tesla, like. A lot of retail traders, younger traders are like, we don't care about a price to earnings ratio. I believe in Tesla. I'm going to put money in Tesla. Yeah. And so what you see are companies like that, that are, that are benefiting from this, even like, um, even like GameStop, people are like, yeah, I know GameStop. I'll throw some money in there. I haven't been to a GameStop. 
it's like, this is a $18 stock, maybe at best. It'll probably settle at like 30, 40, maybe. So it's just like, you know, but that's good. Like we have more of a voice um, in it now, but end of the day, honestly, like end of the day, like it's still going to be institutions. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Avante, Avante is uh, Avante is like he's he's a little uh, Wolf of Wall Street over here. Did you get in there, Avante? Did you get in the GME? Nah, man, that that had too much speed for me. Like I, I consider myself like pretty. Uh, I know I'm I'm always up on the markets and I'm like looking and I don't even down redownloaded Twitter just so I can follow different kind of updates and sites. But that shit had too much speed for me. Like I'll stick to the bitcoins where it's still volatile as fuck, but like. It's, it's not a whole bunch of fucking that shit was crazy man like i, I was like I'll stay, i'm staying away from it pretty much like that i did get my little dog coin after uh rick said hey i got my dog coin i, I put yeah. myself like <laughs> got that doggy I'm gonna, coin. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep that it's already down to like three cents but i'm gonna keep it anyway yeah. what'd you get it in at what'd you get in at i got it at four cents oh damn okay nice. might, it went down to two though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that that same night uh, like maybe ten minutes after Rick said it, I went over there and got, and I, that's when it was at like, was it not even not even four cents? I'm sorry, what was it? Point four, point zero zero four? Yeah, yeah something yeah, like that. Zero four, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it got to like eight cents. Yeah, I think so. It, that's I, my whole night was just sitting there looking at Twitter and looking at the computer, watching it go up and then down and then up and then down. <laughs> and then, down. And then uh, the next morning, it went down and it stayed down and whatever. It's all good. Yeah, so I, my I was gonna be getting into GME, AMC, um, and Fubo TV on Monday morning, and luckily for me, I woke up about 30, 40 minutes late because you know the market opens what six six a.m. PST, so I I was gonna wake up early, get my little trade in, and then just and watch that shit all day. Woke up like 30, 40 minutes late, and uh, I think I think GME opened at three something and then it cratered to like a hundred 180 something dollars i was like thank fucking god i woke up late because i would have lost a ton of money <laughs> something, you knew something was up when they started to allow trading again i was like you know what nope i'm not fucking with that yep yep the writing was on the wall they're like we can let it some go now and people just yep. start buying again it's just dropping like a motherfucking rock i think i think if they didn't if robin hood didn't restrict trading on that it probably would have went up to a thousand dollars on that one day. It was like four fifty or something yeah. in the market before, and like the market hadn't even hadn't even opened, and like a lot of my friends even were like, "Yo, I'm ready, I'm ready to put some more money in." <laughs> so like I mean, we were right. So like yeah, it was dude. That was some crazy ass shit. I gotta be honest. Like yeah, and, and I've never the, seen it like that. Like, the funny, the best thing about it was that it was basically it was on a it was a Reddit a Reddit. Um, nerd page that's what they call it a quote-unquote nerd page called uh stock was it wall street wall, wall street, street something bets. yeah wall street, wall street bets. bets wall street bets and they the best part about it was the memes and the the rocket emojis and the <laughs> diamond strong hands and like all the craziness that we see in 2021 uh kind of manifested itself onto the stock market where where these little people are are making grown ass hedge fund dudes cry like that one dude was on TV crying. He was crying <laughs> like a little bitch. Talking about, because uh, 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 I care. Well, you don't care about these people. You don't care about nobody but your wallet, man. You're tripping over here. It was, it was a sight to see. 
and uh, he's like, we all got to work together. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh now we, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. we, we got to work together to save my money. Like what? Yeah, come on, yeah. come like, on, boy. Um, so the the other funny thing or the other crazy thing, interesting thing that came out of this was the ties to professional sports and the NBA, um, namely. So the manager of the hedge fund that got that got got basically the most from this uh, episode was um, I can't I can't remember the dude's name, but he is a part owner of the Charlotte Hornets with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan sold this hedge fund guy. He sold him like a 20% or some, I can't, they actually, they didn't disclose how many, uh, what the percentage was of, of ownership that was sold, but Michael Jordan sold it to him for like a billion or $2 billion. And this dude took such a big hit that he had to ask the new owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen yeah, for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's to keep him solvent. So if Steve Cohen did, I think it was like $700 million that Steve Cohen ended up giving him. And Steve Cohen himself is a fucking dirtbag um, stock market crook. He actually got um, his company was was told was forced to dissolve because the, the SEC got his ass on insider trading. Um, Major League Baseball, he just became a, an owner of Major League Baseball this year. And usually when they get new owners into Major League Baseball, it's usually a unanimous vote. This man was not unanimous. I think uh, two of the owners voted against him and it was because of his his public persona as a fucking criminal as a crook like this dude is a literal crook um he's a he's a robber and this is steve cohen um so steve cohen had to to buoy the dude who is now part owner of the charlotte hornets with michael jordan and they're leaving michael that leaves michael jordan open for um insolvency because he sold the company uh, sorry part of the charlotte hornets to this man who was supposed to be giving him all this other money and now the, the dude don't have the money anymore so like mike mike might be asked out but mike you know mike got the cash mike got the cash mike's mike's actually got money hey, hey real quick rick can you speak to anything about ipos i'm really really interested in them and i know there's like four or five that are coming out this year like next door uh stripe um i uh, instacart there's a couple other ones can you speak to like IPOs at all a little bit? Yeah, yeah, so two, there's two ways really to go public now. The primary way, which is, or the, the historical way, which is an IPO, initial public offering. You work with a big bank, there's like a big road show you go out on, talk to investors. Your investors get to get in first, right? So they're getting like the best deal on the stock, the ability to buy it, purchase it. The new way of going about it is what they're calling a SPAC, SPAC, which is a special purchase acquisition company. And what they basically do is it's a, already a public company. So the company's already public. They don't own any assets though. And what they do is, so let's like take the next door example. They will, they're a public company. So they're already listed. They'll merge with next door. So essentially they'll acquire next door. And in doing so next door now becomes a public company without having to go through all that like uh, bullshit that you yeah. typically have to. So much easier way and cheaper way for you to go public. Also for us, it's good because it allows us to get into these companies. So but we just don't know who they are, right? Like I can go on and see like all these SPACs, but not know who they're gonna buy. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like blind, blind trust, but yeah. Okay. So so the the SPAC, the SPAC is a company that's already being publicly traded and then they acquire the startup and basically give them um, 
trading status so we can actually start purchasing their stocks on the market. Exactly. Like so it becomes a subsidiary. Rick Garcia, like investments, right? And I go public because, yeah. and I'm all I am is like a holding company, essentially, like a, you know, I'm just a, uh, just like a shell sort of. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, hey, next door, let's talk. I want to go, let's merge. Then I merge with next door and suddenly my stock's like $10. Now it's like $100 because everybody loves next door. You know, uh, whatever. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it was, what was it, Avante? It was, uh, it was, it was Stripe, Instacart, next door. Um, oh, fuck, what, what, there was another one. There's another um, one. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, I, so I, after Avante sent that message, uh, cause he was telling us, you know, keep an eye or check these ones out. I looked into Stripe and Stripe apparently is the, the back office, you know, um, transaction platform for all the major retailers now, online retailers. So they're going to be huge. They're like, they're going to be, they're essential to online retail now. So oh shit, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to buy into them motherfuckers when I can at least try to get into the IPO. The, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just worth it. Just worries me now that I'm not going to know what, whatever Rick just said, a stack, a stack. Fast, fast, yeah, F P A C, exactly. But I think I think, I'm not gonna know what it is until it's too late. <laughs> no, but I think I think uh, Stripe is gonna go uh, full IPO on their own because they're they're gonna be large enough to do so. I think they got um, 35 uh, billion or 35 million. Uh, 35 billion is that what it was? Uh, it was 35. I it was valued at I think 30. I don't want to fucking say yeah. So I think it's 35 something. Yeah, it was so their valuation was for 35 billion based on the amount of investment that they were they got from investors, right? So I think they're large enough to go go at it by themselves, and I think it makes it more lucrative for the owners too if they go go about it by themselves. So I feel like Stripe will probably go about it by themselves because they're just going to be they're so they're going to be so large and so essential that I don't think they're going to need the spec. They ain't going to need to spec. They ain't going to need to spec that shit. You know what I'm saying? Got it up. <laughs> we have stacked this podcast, Marcus. We have stacked this podcast. Bro, hey man, I got all the fake ass dog. I'm getting paid over here. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> Fifteen. Dude, so pissed off. I lost all my fucking text history. This is insane <laughs> insanity. You gotta go into your preferences and change the change the your iMessage back to your phone number. For that's real? what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're gonna get your. I don't know if you'll get your your messages back, but that's how you gotta do it to get back out on your phone number. Ben, Ben, what you got on the market, dog? What you know about this? I'm listening. Not a, <laughs> not a nail. Not a. <laughs> not a nail. <laughs> I do. I do. I do want to get in. Um, I do want to start getting like investing, but whenever you guys talk, I just listen. I just you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, it's one of those things where I don't really know where to start. You know. Yeah, and it can be daunting. Um, I don't even I don't even trade because it's not. I, I, I feel like you have to, in order to be an effective trader, you have to have a really good amount of of capital to do so. Um, when you're and time. Throwing, and time. what? <laughs> and time. And time. And time. Exactly. Like you you can't be over here throwing pennies at, at stocks. And then making that penny, that two pennies into four pennies and, and expect that you thinking you're doing something, you know what I'm saying? Like walking around, yeah, yeah, I got all this cake. No, no, it's not. These dudes are putting, buying, you know, thousand shares of shit. Like Warren Buffett over here, he's buying 10,000 shares of some shit that's going to blow up. And that I just don't have the money to do that. And I, I don't have the money to risk either. Like 
I'm not risking my life savings on some so fucking diamond hand bullshit. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that. You got paper hands, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, actually, I got I got like a hundred percent hands in Madden that in actuality. Ooh, so I I would hold. I would hold, but I <laughs> I can't risk that shit, man. I really can't. I can't do it. I'm I'm more I'm more of a tangible guy. Like, right? I like to invest in real estate. Um and that type of stuff. Like real estate is a really good investment tool, but again, you have to have money for that too. But the thing with real estate is, is that the government um, has made it easier for normal people, middle-class people to get into the real estate market because they realize that that market actually is the market that buoys and funds the whole entire country like the middle middle um middle class and the housing market is what keeps everything afloat here the stock market is for the one percenters the elite people and to make them happy and meet and keep them rich that's what that shit's for uh real estate is where we uh normal people we us little people us proletariat can try to get a leg up and try to create something for our futures real estate is really like the tangible thing especially in california the prices are, you know, they're high. And if you can get in, it's good, but they're, they're going to hold like the, the real estate bubble that we had and the recession that we had, had never happened in this country ever. Um, our real estate market is one of the, the soundest investments in the world. Um, and that's, that's where I feel that you can get the most value from for your buck over time. It's a, and it's a long hole. It's a long play. Uh, it's not like stocks, like you day trading. Ben, I'll say this there. Ben, I'll say that? this one thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I got into stocks because of my 401k. So as long as you have a 401k with your company and you're like actually looking and seeing where your money's going and what your money's doing for you and what they're matching, like that's all I got into. I, I knew nothing about stocks until I started actually looking at the money I had in my 401k and why it was going up. I was like, what's going on? And then I started going on every day and looking and checking it and seeing. And then I learned how to fucking do it from there. And then that's how I did it. Oh so, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. We've all I've always had that option, and I am I do believe I am uh, using a portion of my check to invest in Paycom stock. But like, well, to me, it's like you know, I'm not really seeing any of that, you know. So it's it's it just one ear and out of the other, you know, type deals. So yeah, but well, a four hundred one k. Quickly before uh, we got to get these fake ads, if your company offers you a 401k match, you are you're basically losing money not investing in that, investing a portion of your paycheck, and you should start at like eight eight to ten percent. And if your company matches, let's say half up to six percent, and you don't do it, you're an idiot. Period, because your company's <laughs> giving you free money basically. So that's you should always do that if your company offers you a matching for 401k. Uh, but let's let's get these fake ads and we'll come right back with some sports and shit. You out of here, Garcia? I see you Dip One Love. We'll be back on post-Super Bowl. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Good information. Right, Love you, dog. Good. All right, peace. All right. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. All right, here we go. Vontae. Is Vontae joining us? Yeah, Vontae's back. He's here. Okay. All right. Good shit. Cool. Hey, that that last segment, man. That was that was some good shit right there. A lot of lot of good information. A lot of good things our listeners could can take home and 
putting their little bank accounts, trying to make some money. Diamond strong hands, boys. Diamond strong hands. <laughs> but let's get on to let's get on to business here. The the big weekend that everybody loves. This whole country, you know, to be salivating for all damn year. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, boys. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. We have the GOAT, Tom Brady, versus the, the baby GOAT, you know, the new up-and-coming GOAT, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I personally, I'm picking Tampa Bay. Uh, I think, so here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. The, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be without their both of their tackles. Uh, I think that Tampa Bay's defense is much stronger than Kansas City's. And I also think that Tampa Bay's defense is going to be able to get at Patrick Mahomes throughout most of this game. You have to remember that he does have turf toe, so he's not going to be at 100% mobility. They're going to be able to get at him. I think they're going to be able to get at him up the middle and um, uh, uh, at the tackles. So there's going to be pressure on him most of the game, like it was against uh, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. That's what I think is going to happen. And then I think on offense, they're going to be able to score on that defense, uh, on the Kansas City defense. And I just think I think that Tom Brady, he's. I just feel like at the end of the game, Tom Brady's going to be, you know, patting Patrick Mahomes on his back or on his helmet, whatever, just being like, "Yo, man, hey kid, you, this is going to be your time soon. You, I know you got one." But you're gonna be you're gonna be coming at my six or my seven now. I just I don't know. I just I just I just see it. I see it. Ben, what you got? What you got? What you think? I think Kansas City is gonna win by at least two touchdowns. Okay, so then we know Tampa Bay's winning. That's a that's a Ben jinx right there. I if think you ever heard Kansas City is gonna win by at least two touchdowns. <laughs> that's a that, that's a hundred percent. Every time, every time we think, every time that we think that, oh, maybe, maybe this time, maybe they might not have it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, they well, got this in the bag. If you remember the the last team that that beat them in the playoffs was Tom Brady. Well, not a team, but last last quarterback, it's Tom Brady. Yep. I, I don't. I just don't think they have. I, I don't think Tampa Bay. Bro, they so I don't look at this. They have it. This is why like I that. think they because so they have a lot of veteran, they have veteran players who are hungry as fuck, right? And they have veteran players who, uh, at least a couple of them, well, so they have Gronk, uh, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Jason Pierre Paul. Those three guys are Super Bowl champions and they have a Super Bowl pedigree. They've been in, in those big games and they know how to win those big games. And I think. And Damakan uh, Shaquille Barrett, um, Vita Vea, those are just those are just the guys on the defensive line. I think those guys are going to be able to get at, at Patrick Mahomes, man. I think those guys are hungry as fuck, and those are all elite defensive linemen. Quick passing, they're just going to get the ball out of out of his hands. Screen game, they're gonna they're gonna do those quick screen passes with uh, with the uh, um, with Travis Kelsey. Oh, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Um, gonna get the ball out in space quickly, like two-step like catch and throw to uh damn i'm forgetting his name holdman uh, uh hardman Michael hardman, hardman. yeah Michael hardman yeah. they're gonna get him out in space I, every single time it looks like especially in the first half whenever it looks like a, a team might have the number they just come back and they just 
Yeah, they right do. now they're the perfect. They're the perfect team. They come back they and, they, and they they course correct and they're like, okay, they like, do. I got I got you. We got you now. This is what you you were doing to counter us. Okay, yeah. here's here's our plan C and here's our plan D. Here you yeah. go. What what y'all got for that? Did you guys yeah. prepare for this? Yeah, you know they are they are notorious so for starting slow and building and building up and coming back. They, they, they do snow that. they snowball into a blowout. That's yeah. what it is. Not not necessarily a blowout all the time, but they do start slow and they end up they end up making the the corrections that they need, the adjustments, and they <laughs> and they do end up winning in the long run. But I just feel like uh, that's just in the last couple of years because even before that, like Tom Brady got them in the in the NFC Championship the year before last. So I just I don't know. I just feel Tommy, man. Avante, what you think? Uh, I kind of was uh, on on the bin train for a second there. I had them up by at least two touchdowns, but as the week has gone on, I got it more down to like maybe one touchdown for Kansas City. But whatever you alluded to with the defense, I 100% agree. The Tampa Bay's D, especially the D line, attacking from the edges. I mean, they don't have the tackles in. So mm-hmm. it, if their their game is going to hinge on them, the uh, Tampa Bay's game is going to hinge on them winning if their D-line plays well. If the D-line doesn't play well and doesn't get to the quarterback, game over, at yes. least a touchdown or two. I agree. And so this, it's, that's how I kind of feel. It's going to be the, basically the same formula that teams had to use against the Patriots to beat them, which is getting pressure on the quarterback with your front four. Because you're going to, it's going to have to be pressure with the front four and then have a blanket in the back, right, with the corners. And, oh, that's another thing. The, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting uh, Winfield back, Antoine Winfield Jr., and he's good. That boy good. And uh, I think I'm not sure if uh, the other safety that hurt his shoulder, I think he's playing as well. So they're going to be at almost full strength with Vita Vea's back. Vita Vea played, uh, played last week or the two weeks ago, and he's going to be back. I just think the defense is going to do enough because they're not going to stop them. They're not going to shut them out. They're not going to shut them down. But I think they're going to do enough on defense to where Tom Brady is going to be able to do enough on offense. Of course, you know, he's got weapons galore and he's got, you know, Fournette and, and Ronald Jones out there. I think they're going to just be able, they're going to be able to compete with them. I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to bet against Team USA's track team unless they play, unless they're running against uh, Jamaica. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't well, know. Oh, I, and, I, I and, got Kansas City. We do. And, and, and to be honest with you, like, if we remember just a few short weeks ago when Tyreek Hill had like 200 yards in the first first quarter, I think it was almost against Tampa Bay because mm-hmm. they were trying to play him man across the field. And, and he, ugh, God damn, that was terrible. That actually cost me a fancy football game uh, really bad. That was really bad. He shit on them. But I don't know, man. It's hard for me to bet against Tom for one. And I just, I just, it's just one of those things where I see I see some, I have a vision in my head of Tommy doing his thing, uh, Tampa Bay doing their thing and coming up victorious. Just, Tom, Tom Brady is the GOAT, yeah, but he's not the GOAT right now, you know? He's not like, like I don't, and, and I think Kansas City's defense is uh, very like underratedly good. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're very very good at putting the right players in the right spot. Yes. You know? and we talked about this last week. Yeah, they're very solid. They're very sound. They're, I mean, they're no pushovers. You know, they keep the game in check so that 
Patrick Mahomes and company can do whatever they can on offense to to you know get the win. I agree. But uh, I agree. I I just think that the the quarter the talent at quarterback is overwhelmingly to one side. Yes, at this point in their careers, I agree with yes. that as well. I agree. And unless if it's, I did I did see somewhere that it, it was projected to rain uh, that night. I hope not because yeah. that just makes for bad football in general. Mm-hmm. But no, rain with notwithstanding. Like if it's just perfect conditions and they're just out there running around, I I don't think Tampa Bay will will be close in the fourth. Uh, I don't know, man. I think they might they might be driving to to make it respectable, but I think Kansas City will come out on top. They're just too good. I agree. I agree. You, you I... have you have to what you have to do with Kansas City is, like you said, you got to get pressure with your front four, and and and. and hitting Patrick Mahomes and you got to run the ball on offense and keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes hands and that's they, how you and, beat them in Tampa Bay they like to do that they like to run the ball especially on early on in early downs mm-hmm. and they have the defense to do what needs to be done in this game and I just I'm, I'm probably gonna put some money on it I think I'm gonna put some money on Tampa Bay um I and I, to be honest with you I just really want to see a good game but I just I, I just had this vision I because I called the the Tampa Bay uh, Green Bay game. Everybody thought Green Bay was gonna go in and all over them, and Molly whop them. But I was like, nah, nah, nah. And Rogers a hub. So I was right. I was right. Um, this week we had a huge, huge deal. Avante, you're an LA guy. What was the uh, what was the the environment and the like the kind of the the feet the fervor in Los Angeles over this trade, Matthew Stafford, and for Jared Goff and like, I mean they stapled like two first round picks to Jared Goff's ass and they put him on the next thing smoking boy. What and was they, <laughs> and they slapped it like ooh and he kept. <laughs> they got his ass out the paint, boy. Avante, what was what was it like there in L.A. Not to be honest, I I was looking for people to be po- to post stuff or like anything, but I really didn't see much of anything. Damn. It was kind of like a, a hum ho, okay, whatever. Like a couple people posted here or there. Oh, Stafford, great! Or damn, two first round picks. Like, but it was really subdued. And you gotta remember, L.A. It's 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 pretty much a Lakers town. So if any Lakers yeah. news goes, then it's gonna be fucking yeah. everything. Rams news, Rams, it really kind of just falls off the way by the wayside. The Rams have to be in a winning streak and in the Super Bowl for LA to care. care. Uh, yeah. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I, I also think I also think it's because it's Jared Goff. And Jared, <laughs> it, bro, I told you guys during hard knocks, man. I was like, bro, when I was seeing him on TV, this man is just so sorry. Like Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. He's not good. He I totally forgot that he had one of the worst rookie seasons that we've ever seen. I totally forgot yeah. until I was listening to Bo yesterday. I was like, you right. I totally forgot about that shit because Sean McVay had him propped up to be, to be decent for the last two, two or three seasons. Right. So that whole, the whole stench of his rookie season kind of went away and we forgot that he was terrible. Uh, but I, after that, that, I think it was the first season with McVay. They went to Super Bowl. The next season, I was I saw I started to see. Oh no, this dude really doesn't have it. 
he he needs the play to be perfect or else he will not he can't function he needs it to be perfect or he cannot function he needs he also needs a very effective running game so he can make plays off of play action or he's not going to be effective and i think that the rams even giving up those two first round picks in a third or whatever the hell they gave up i think it was the right thing to do to get matthew stafford yeah. matthew stafford is way way better than jerry goff i don't even think it's yeah. close a lot of a you, lot of people you, go ahead what did i say like when that when news first broke what did i say in the group chat what, uh, what, i remember? can't remember no what'd you say i just said nfc championship game for the Rams. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's automatically because they just needed a competent quarterback yeah you know, a guy that who who sean mcveigh didn't have to put the the um training wheels on the offense for a guy like John McVay can actually like draw up. Okay. I thought about this yeah. and let's run this. And then, yep. and then Matt Stafford's like, okay, let's do it. You know? Yep. Yep. And, and they just needed a guy who wasn't going to, like, you didn't have to protect. Yeah. So that, and keep from losing games, you know, mm-hmm. and they got that. And that was just the missing link. You know? Yeah. They had the number one defense in the league and they have, they had the best corner league. They had the, the best defensive player overall in Aaron Donald. So, mm-hmm. and then the best corner, Jalen Ramsey. They have a, a great front four. They have, you know, good rotation there. They have good linebackers. They have good yeah. secondary. Um, they have good receivers, man. They got, and they got my boy Cam Akers at running back. Like, they got a good team. And I think Matthew Stafford has been getting a bun rap for, for uh, a lot of years, man. Who's, who's, the, who's the Lions receiver? Um, is it Galloway? Or is it Galladay? Marvin Jones Galladay or Marvin Jones Jr. What one of them's a free agent? He's gonna be a free Galladay. agent. Galladay. He's a re- restricted free agent. They need they need to pick him up. They don't got no they don't got no money. <laughs> They're they so to, far they over the need cap. to do some I don't know. They need to do something, let go, release somebody. They nah. need to pick him up for the vertical downfields threat. Well, they can't. See? So they so they just resigned um Robert Woods and Cooper Cup to pretty pretty sizable contracts at wide receiver. So they don't have any ex- extra money to go get Galladay, but they do have Jefferson or what's his name? Um, That's true. The, Van, the rookie Van Jefferson or something. Yeah, like yeah, Van Florida. Jefferson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be hella fast, right? And they and they say he's really good. And and Matthew Stafford has a beautiful deep ball. Like he can hit him vertically downfield. Um, but who who the fuck was supposed to be successful in Detroit? Who? <laughs> How many David Hollisters you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, what who what was he gonna do there? Like, he didn't have no coaching. He had he had a coach for two years, and they got rid of him because he's black. And then ever since then, they had Matt Patricia, terrible. Um, and then they brought they um, before who I can't even remember who was there before Caldwell, but what? you can't who Jim Schwartz. Oh Schwartz! Oh my God! Yeah, but. This is the same organization that had two Hall of Fame, surefire first ballot Hall of Famers quit on them because they were so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like Calvin Johnson. Well, first it was Barry Sanders and then Calvin Johnson. Like those pe- those players put everything, their heart and their soul into that to that franchise and got nothing out of it and got to the point where like they were like, "Yo, I can't do this shit anymore." And Matthew Stafford's out out there running with you know broken legs and broken arms and and still out there balling with that terrible franchise i think that people 
have been underrating him for a long time. I, and I've always liked Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to be really, really, really good in L.A. And that's where he wanted to be. So I'm looking forward to this season. He wanted to be here with his best friend, uh, Kershaw. Kershaw, yes. We're gonna, you're yeah. going to be hearing a lot about those stories, the Kershaw and Matthew Stafford stories. And they, they played, they went to the same um, elementary school, high school, played on the same teams. And you're going to be hearing a lot of those stories this season. It's going to be, it's going to be a broken damn record, especially when, base, so when baseball. Go ahead. It, it ain't no excuse for, for uh, Matthew Stafford now. You can you can use you can use Detroit's ineptitude yeah. as a reason to, to say you're like the reason why he hadn't carried his team or propelled his team or got a playoff win or whatever. Yeah. But now it ain't no excuse. Now he got it. For sure. Now For he sure. has to step up. For sure. But so. then but you have to also remember now that he's old as he's old now. I mean, as uh, NFL quarterback wise, was he 32, 33 years old, tons of injuries, he plays hurt every single year. Um, so it's not going to be as, as seamless and as, you know, like surefire as, you know, you have a young guy, uh, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, but I think he's going to unlock that offense way, way more, way better than Jared Goff ever could. Cause Jared Goff is so bad. He's so bad. He will. Oh my God. It's awful. He will. Yeah. And then, so with this deal, there was all these other discussions about the, the rest of the NFL quarterback market, right? So after this deal was done where, where the Lions get two first rounders, a third rounder, a second rounder, blah, 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 all these other shits. Everybody's like, oh, well, that's for Deshaun Watson. It's going to cost four first rounders at least. But you can't I – don't, I don't think it's going to be that much for Deshaun. I think, I think you could get him for, for less than four. I would, you know, like yeah. they don't have they don't have a choice anymore now. He doesn't want to yeah. be there, and he said yeah. he's willing to sit out. The owner said he's not going to trade him, but he said he's willing to sit out. And I think that Deshaun has the leverage in this in this particular case because he has the no trade deal, and the team is sorry as hell. And he's he's young enough. He could take he could sit out this last season, this next season, just like Le'Veon Bell did. Le'Veon Bell for all the shit that he got for what he did. I think that he laid the groundwork for players to to take their careers in their own hands in the NFL, and I and I fully endorse Deshaun. I hope I, if if it comes to it, I hope he does sit out because he's just going out there risking his life for a franchise that's that's terribly run. They have yeah. a they have a pastor running the damn personnel. Whatever Deshaun Watson does, I hope he does it in the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> get him out of the, get him out of the paint. Let it, let him let him and uh, Kyler Murray and them battle it out. Well, you know? his his favorite destinations at this point are uh, Miami and what was the other one? Miami and oh, and in uh, New York, New York Jets. So both AFC teams and those teams need quarterbacks too. Avante, so. Avante. If he goes to Miami, are you switching your fandom to to Miami? first and then the Cowboys second. Damn, that would be a hard one, but I, I'm going to stay stay true to the Cowboys first. If well, didn't you say if they trade Dak? Yeah, if they don't resign Dak? If they don't resign Dak, then I'm jumping ship and I am all 100% Miami. 
<laughs> well, hey, hey, welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. No, I think, I think this season, I, I don't know if we touched on this last episode, but I think this offseason is going to see record movement for NFL, for star NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty crazy. It's going to be like an NBA offseason. How, how many, there's like, 10 quarterbacks 10 starting quarterbacks or something like that that's that, yeah. projected to be on the move or yep. garoppolo yeah garoppolo watson uh even aaron Rodgers in there uh we already saw jared goff and stafford move uh, uh Derek. the raiders are putting out some weak-ass rumors about Derek carr talking about they're gonna yeah. they're gonna start fielding fielding offers for two first rounders for Derek carr fuck out of here man yeah. Ain't nobody that, giving you a two yeah <laughs> Dak Prescott is in the mix. Nah, ben, nah, nah, nah. Ben nah. Roethlisberger. Yeah, oh yeah, Dak Prescott. Nah, he's not. He's nah. gone. No, nah, he's he gone. He, no. Oh, and then Ben. Ben's not gone either too because he has one more year left on his deal. So he's going to play out that last that last season. He's not going nowhere. He's got a massive deal too. Yep. He's not going. Because yes. if, if if they if they release Ben, which they never would because he's a you know Hall of Fame quarterback, their, mm-hmm. their cap hit would be enormous. Um, and he's 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 gonna retire after next season, and they just signed Haskins, so they'll have him in the wings. And yeah. you know, I think I think he'll be there next season. I'm pretty confident. Oh shit! All right, well Ben, let's move on to be movie review. What you got for us this week? We watched a little film on HBO Max titled uh, "The Little Things." Yes, Denzel Washington. Danzel and Jared uh, Leto, yep. and who's and who's the uh, um Ma- Ra- Rami Malik? Yeah, Rami Malik. Uh, yeah, but it, shit, I enjoyed it. Um, pretty much, it is a crime thriller. Um, are we are we talking? About, are we doing spoilers or what? Yeah, man. Because spoil- it's spoil- a fresh it's a fresh movie. It's a fresh movie. Spoiler alert! If you do not, if you haven't seen the movie and you care about spoiler alerts, you can go ahead and fast forward or stop listening now because we're gonna talk about this shit. It is okay. what it is. Okay, cool. So it's we're talking about this in the thread, and Marcus, you said it was similar to Seven. Yes. You know, which I agree. I haven't seen Seven in a minute, but yeah, it's it, it's pretty much like a, a, a thriller where you're kind of thinking like it leads you to believe one thing and it's really another thing. So you get dropped into this world, into uh, um, Denzel's world where he's been this uh, annexed police officer where they ship him off to some, you know, podunk town mm-hmm. to do like, like remedial police work. Yep. And it kind of, as the story moves along, you it reverse engineers itself to show that Denzel is there for a reason. He is a really good cop. A legendary he's, one. He's, he's at that outpost because he fucked up. Yeah. One way or another. So the movie works in reverse as it's going forward. And um, there is a, a serial killer played by... Well, we don't even know if he's a serial killer. There is a serial killer going around killing women in the same kind of style. And they think that it's Jared Leto's character. And Jared Leto 
plays the role really well, and he's mm-hmm. a weirdo. And he was really good. Yeah, all signs that leads to him that that did it, but they just can't pin him on anything. Mm-hmm. He's just that good. So this movie is a bunch of smoke and mirrors to see, you know, if Jared Little did it. Did it. But the guy who's tasked of capturing Jared Little, Ramik, uh, what's his Rami, name? Rami Malik. Rami Malik. He becomes obsessed with Jared Little, and then he enlists the help of Denzel. And Denzel and him get on the same path. And he finds out that Denzel and him are like kind of like a, cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. And he starts going down Denzel's, you know, bad path unbeknownst to himself and what gets Denzel kicked out of the police department uh, is eventually the same transgressions that you know he you know falls victim to mm-hmm. so towards he, the he, end he based is it basically like a, a vicious cycle type of thing where yeah where Denzel got he, he got so he got so sucked he got yeah he got so sucked into the game that he started his, his relationships and everything like that started to to falter because he yeah. was neglecting his his life before his work yeah and then and, and then rammy without knowing because he didn't know denzel's history and what happened he yeah. he got into that same cycle and it ended mm-hmm. up doing the same thing for him for the most part um yes but so what it's okay. So I watched it with Ian, and at the end, Ian thought that the killer was actually Denzel. But I don't think I think I think that this film is one of those no. open-ended ones where those left up for interpretation. Like I it, think that they wanted us to think that. The film is not about who killed the women. Now that you, when you brought it up, when you brought that up, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I I, I get that aspect of it. Yeah, it's the, not it's not about that. It's yeah. about what led. Uh, Remy down that path mm-hmm. and how Remy is repeating the same mistakes of Denzel's character. Denzel did, yeah. That's the real storyline. Yeah. Yep. And now and and Denzel that. did all that shit at the end, you know, bought the red beret and mm-hmm. and 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 helped him, you know, dig up the shallow grave. Well not really shallow. They dug literally six foot deep or whatever. Helped take his clothes, burn all of his shit from from Jared Leto's apartment. Yeah, and like, give him peace of mind so that he wouldn't fall down the same obsessive trap. And like, yeah, that that Denzel did, mm-hmm. you know. So that to me is why I like the movie because I thought I was the whole time I was thinking about, okay, did, did, did this nigga Jared Little did he do it? You know, and then and you realize towards the end, oh, it's not about that. It's about. But I st- even even though now that you when you brought that up and I'm I'm looking at it like yeah you're probably right I still feel like Leto was the murderer I still feel like he was like I he could have been yeah he could but he could been. not have been because so even at the beginning when um he the person the killer is chasing that girl yeah, through, the, through the through the desert that didn't the have car. the same yeah that didn't have and then when they got out and then was chasing like was walking trying to find it with a flashlight he didn't mm-hmm. have the same body build as jared leto and didn't have long hair like jared yeah. leto either so i was mm-hmm. like damn was is, was that denzel like it's it's one of those films even with seven seven does the same thing like it leads uh, the end leaves you leaves it up for interpretation on what's yeah. going on but for sure 
100%, you can see the the vicious cycle repeating itself with the two detectives. And that yeah. was something that I wasn't, I saw it happening, but I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't focus on that because I was trying to figure out who the murderer was and if it yeah. was Jared Leto. Yeah. So and that's that, why, and that's why I like, like when we were talking about in the thread about, you know, I don't see many, I don't go to movies to watch crime thrillers. And you're mm -hmm. like, that's my, that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know? So for me, I was like, I thought it was unique because it was a, um, you think you're doing one thing and it's really another, you know? So, so at the they, end you're- So I, I, I watch, I watch these all the time. Like uh, crime thrillers are one of my, my big, uh, that's one of my big genres, you know, along with vampire movies, you mm -hmm. know, this is shit. So there actually have been other films that do this they do kind of um, throw you, try to throw you off the the scent of the mm -hmm. actual the plot and everything. And there have been movies where the two detectives, um, there has like a t detective from the past. The other detective go, follows a vicious cycle of you know repeating because that's what detective work does. It breaks you down because you're you're trying to catch murderers and you're around dead bodies all the time. Like I I watched that documentary about the Night Stalker. And, you know, they, that was really, really good. Actually, we should do that one next. But that was really, really good. And the detectives just talked about how it tore their families apart and how, you know, it took a toll on them. So that's just something that goes along with the territory of being a detective. So a lot of these crime thrillers, they do touch on that. Mm -hmm. um, but from my, when I was watching this, I, although I saw that going on, I didn't focus on that because I thought it was still a whodunit. But I now when you mentioned that, when you said that, I was like, okay, yeah, actually, maybe this film was supposed to, the, the whole, the plot or what the crux of the film was, was the vicious cycle of, you know, detectives going down the rabbit hole of, you know, getting caught in cases, so, yeah. When, when Remy Malik hit him over the head with that shovel out of frustration, mm -hmm. that movie turned on a dime right there. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. I see what this is about, mm -hmm. you know, okay, mm -hmm. I get it now. It's, it's like, okay, it is now something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's yep. no longer, it's no longer about those dead girls tied up, whatever it's mm -hmm. okay. And, um, and I was, and I was still at that point, I was still trying to really figure out, okay, well shit did. Cause when, Den when, Den Den well, when Denzel rolls up, like he, he wasn't concerned or nothing like that. So it's like, well, so did this motherfucker, was he the, actually the killer? But mm -hmm. I don't think he was. I don't think Denzel was the killer. No, um, no. Um, I, I know Rami Malek wasn't the killer, obviously. I still think it was Jared Leto, but I feel like, because he had all the, the stuff in his apartment and stuff. I just, okay. uh, but uh, it, it's still, I think it's still one of those movies that are left up for interpretation. And I think I your think interpretation you, of it is I think solid. it's probably... I think it's probably one of those movies where if you watch the second time, you probably pick up some yeah, clues. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the the guy who was pursuing the girl at the beginning, maybe you might, like I just not thought about this, but maybe if you saw his car, yeah, it's the same car, or maybe it's the same make and model as the two car, this the second car that Jared Leto drives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so yep. to me, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where like you know Black Panther. Yeah. Like, when you watch it a second time and the guy who's talking in the opening credits is uh sterling sterling what's his name uh, um sterling K. yes yeah he, like you don't realize it when you watch it the first time 
But the uh, second time around, when he's telling the story of Wakanda to his son, it's Sterling K. Brown, uh, Njoku, whatever his name is in the movie. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, okay. This is this is him telling, you know, you know, why don't they come back? You know, whenever whenever young Killmonger is asking his son, well, what, what, did they forget about this? Why don't they ever think about that? Whatever, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm thinking it's one of these things where if you watch it over again, it might be, oh. More illuminating. Yeah, then maybe that is Jared, Jared Little or oh, that's not him. They got the wrong guy. Got you it. Know. Okay. All right. Well, that, yeah, that was, that was a dope movie. I thought it was a solid movie. Uh, yeah. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I'm loving this, this new wave of um, these blockbuster movies coming up on, on streaming services, man. So I can't wait for can the rest of them, these. Can they keep them on Netflix or, or <laughs> fucking of HBO, HBO Max? HBO Max? Because you got to get that Prime. <laughs> dang it. Uh, dang it. All right, Avante. Avante, what we got in the corner this week? Avante's corner. Oh, some good news out of this week. A joyous time. Uh, EA Sports NCAA football is coming back. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. For years for this shit to come back since 2014 when they had Shoelace on the cover. Well, it's, it's coming back. They don't have an exact date, but they said that they will start working on it ASAP. So... Um, I, I think I guess they got to get a couple of um, collegiate clearinghouse things settled um, um, with other couple of schools or whatnot. But yeah, man, we on the way. We about to be uh, running the thing again. Manuel Jukins all the way. Ben knows what's up. Yeah, I was about to say you guys have a you guys have a unique history of of yeah. this game. Can you I please explain? I haven't played that game since Tim Tebow was on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> since Campina. <laughs> 2011 or 2012 so a long time yeah you guys were roommates right and, and it would yeah. be there'd be daily daily uh ncaa college football games trevor and yeah. i trevor and i had a had a chart <laughs> like the first one to 50 wins and it was literally like 48 to 47 oh you know? yeah it was dead even wait who but who would get what would happen with the first one of 50 I don't know. It, it wasn't a bet. It was just like you know. See who was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, he was, he had a, he had Ohio State. Okay. Terrell Pryor, and he was killing. He was killing me with Terrell Pryor. I remember one day I didn't have class or something like that. So I was like, let me find my team, and I found the the Gators. And that Gator, that that O nine, yeah, that O nine Gator team was stacked. Team Tebow and Tim Tebow was unstoppable in short yards. That's the that game is the reason why I was a Tim Tebow fan. Yeah, I remember you told me that, but still, there's no there's, there's yeah, no there's no correlation. Yeah, there's, there's no, no correlation. But in the game, in the game, the spirals were tight. <laughs> <laughs> in the game, in the game, that third and three, third and two, that's automatic. And then on top of that, you got to pitch it to Percy Harvin on the end around. It's a wrap. <laughs> So I figured that I got him, and then that's when we started going back and forth, back and forth. So yeah, so so uh, NCAA wait was it NC NCAA college football uh, yeah. that went away when the player likeness issue came up several years ago, and mm-hmm. the NCAA realized, oh shit, yeah, this what we're doing 
for one, isn't right. And two, it's like we can really get into legal trouble here. So they they took it off the off the shelves and it hasn't been back for what was it? What are we in now? Almost eight, eight, seven, eight years. And it's yeah. now it's officially coming back because um, the court in California ruled that players can profit off their their likeness. But I don't I don't know how it's going to work because not not every other state has that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Maybe they're just going to exclude other. Yeah. So maybe some of the teams will have the players names, like some of the schools will have the the players names and then some of them won't. Well, could be. Who knows? I mean, every every school is going to go towards eventually. um, Yeah, I agree. Passing legislation. So it's only a matter of time, especially once people start other schools start seeing people getting paid. They're going to start doing it right away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everybody's paying as as it is right now, anyway. But you know. Yep. All right. Well, good shit, man. That was a good one. Real quick, real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. What are the players in the last eight years that you would have wanted to play on that game, Avante? Ain't no damn way, bro. No, no, for real, for real, (laughs) for real. Like, Uh, you think we missed out on that game? It's easy. Shit, Lamar Jackson, nigga. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy. That would have been. I can't, win, I can't win a football game without having a running quarterback. So if I'm gonna have a running quarterback, it would have been Lamar Jackson for sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. That would have been un- unbelievable, unstoppable. Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Who else? Shit. There, I, I saw a list earlier. It was Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, oh, Johnny Manville. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Bell yeah. There was, uh, I mean, even up to now, Joe Burrow, yeah, you know, you know, Julio Trevor Jones. Lawrence, Julio yeah. Jones, yeah, Julio there, Jones. There is yeah, like, Clint there's Torres. like literally a generation of NFL players that got to miss out on that game. It's the NCAA's fault for not paying them, yeah, get those, get them, get them boys some money, Shit. yeah. All right, boys, it's another successful, excellent show. This one was a really good show. We had a lot of good information uh, to help to help the little man, to help the proletariat. You know, we could talk some NFL shits. We had a great movie review, BE movie review, and Avante's Corner was always, is always on, on point. So good shit, boys. Thank you for when coming it, out tonight. When it's on. When it's on. Yeah, when it's on. When he, when he got some shit. When he got some shit. Uh, all right, Ben, get some food. Uh, happy bath night, y'all. Love you guys. See you next week. (laughs) Love you too, man. Peace. All right. Love you guys, man. Peace.